0: The following is an Auburn Network production. You are on the line. Live on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's sports leader
1: Happy Friday and thank the Lord for that. It is Friday here on ESPN 106.7, January 26th, 2024. I'm Jacob Goins, alongside me in the studio as he is every Monday, Wednesday, Friday. It's Uncle T-Bone here on the Friday edition of On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. We're with you for the next two hours on this Friday afternoon. A little dreary outside, it's warm though, so that's okay, Uh, in a a time where i mean we we say this every day but there's so much to talk about today it it really is unbelievable and uh we're gonna talk all about it you know what today is it's free for all friday here during on the line on espn 106.7 t-bone happy friday man last time you were in the studio was wednesday but uh we got a rare occurrence of you yesterday on the show calling in a little fired up man i love it
2: well i mean i'm just not gonna sit here and let people take shots at my man Jacob Goins for throwing down the JG guarantee on Auburn winning the uh, uh, Iron Bowl on hardwood this past yeah. Wednesday in Tuscaloosa, yeah. and uh, you know there were rumblings out there. We heard people on the streets. You know, we we'd gone and eaten some breakfast, and people are coming up and they're like, "Hey, how about that guarantee, JG?" They, they like, were me have it. Man. Yeah, you know, I, no sir, not on Uncle T Bone's watch. Not gonna happen.
1: Much deserved though. You Much know, like deserved. Auburn
2: basketball. Sometimes we mash the grapes here, and some some days we drink the wine. And uh, well, we had to mash a lot of grapes because we talked some mad Ooh. smack heading into that iron bowl. I really thought that Auburn was gonna take care of business. And uh, listening to people around the state from the other side of the state talking about how. You know that team over in Tuscaloosa. Their team needed to grow up, and they basically were calling Grant Nelson soft, and and uh, you know expecting Auburn to kind of come in and keep doing what they were doing. And uh, kudos to Nate Oates, so everybody's favorite uh, psychopath over there on the uh, court side of the court for Alabama. Uh, Bama played a gritty gritty brand of basketball and like you said yesterday my friend in the first half it flustered Auburn
1: it did it absolutely got to Auburn and, and look we had a lot to say about that yesterday you the listener had a lot to say about that yesterday as well and so part of the show today is going to be kind of wrapping that up because we got a quick turnaround right we have Mississippi State tomorrow that Auburn is on the road once again went straight from Tuscaloosa to Starkville. I believe they did not even come back to Auburn. So um, we are uh, going to be talking all about that today. We'll be talking football. We've got NFL playoffs going on this weekend. Conference championship games. Winners move on to the Super Bowl. we got to talk about that. The Jim Harbaugh news we've yet to discuss on the show. Believe that broke Wednesday evening. Uh, So we got to mention that because that involves college football and the NFL. All that tied into one. A crazy stat about the college Football playoff semifinalists and the championship teams and their head coaches. So that's on the show today. And of course, whatever else you want to talk about on this free for all Friday edition of On the Line. Phone lines are open the entire show. Give us a call. What's on your mind? What do you want to talk about on this Friday afternoon? 334 321 1390. That number will get you through to us. 334 321 1390. Coaching news as well. We got to get to. I mean, just yeah, I yep. mean, so much to uh, to jump in on this Friday, and so uh, let's go ahead and do that, Uncle T-Bone, and I think where we have to start is that coaching news down south in Florida, a very well-known previous head coach at Auburn who's been coaching in a, 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 a Southern Sunshine State school at Central Florida, now coaching in the Big 12, Mr. Gus Malzahn. He made a pretty big hire in addition to that UCF coaching staff today.
2: Yeah, former uh Auburn uh defensive pa- uh, defensive back/wide receiver Travon Reed, who has been on this coaching staff for quite some time or not necessarily on the actual on the field coaching staff, but over there in the athletic department in the football staff, support staff. He's heading down to Central Florida. A lot of questions being asked about this move. Um, The way I look at it, though, is it's just an opportunity for him to take a step forward. Uh, There was no opportunity currently at Auburn to move to an on-the-field role. He is doing this down at Central Florida and coming kind of out of the director or or out of the operations side of a major big-time football program. Um, Auburn made an acquisition with uh, Will Redman from LSU uh, earlier in the week that has a lot of people excited. He's going to take over as director of operations for Auburn football.
1: And they should be excited.
2: They should be excited. Um, I do not think that there's anything nefarious here. Uh, I don't feel like this is something like some Auburn legend seeing some headwinds within the program, and he, he's he's a, a rat jumping off the ship. I know a lot of Auburn fans were texting me, and they were like, "Hey, Uncle T, that's the third former Auburn football player out of the uh, out of the Hugh Free circle, right?" With uh, Carnell Cadillac Williams and Zach Etheridge leaving earlier in the month, but I just don't feel like this is anything more than Travon Reed wanted to get onto the field and start coaching, and Central Florida is a good place for him to to really begin that uh, segment of his career.
1: Yeah, and you know i I understand that concern, right? And that's the initial response of a lot of Auburn fans. It's like, man, what is happening? What's going on over there when another legend? like Auburn, like this, like Trevon Reed, leaves and is not at Auburn anymore and he goes to coach somewhere else, right? That's the easy initial response is what in the world is happening? What do they know that we don't? But I'm with you. I don't think this is any anything more than he has an opportunity. He's given the chance to go be a Power 5 assistant coach at a – Up-and-coming program at UCF, something that Gus Malzahn has done a pretty good job at so far, now in the Big 12. He has that opportunity, and I think you got to jump on it. So, no, I don't think there's a whole lot to this. I have seen some people try and loop this into the ongoing defensive coordinator search and how that may be affected whether you know depending on who Auburn is going to hire at that spot which we're going to get to in a second as well about maybe there's a disagreement there whatever but Uncle T-Bone I don't think that's the case either I really don't I think this is just a guy taking a chance taking an opportunity and he's running with it and you know what I think that's where it ends
2: yeah, you know, the only thing that gives me just a little bit of a pause here is that he his official title uh, over at AuburnTigers.com, that's the official athletic site for Auburn University <clears throat> in football, was director of football and recruiting relations. Um, I'll say this, if it was the olden days and National Signing Day was right around the corner and it was the only signing day that there used to be, I would be uh, very, very worried – at at this moment, but most of the signees and most of the work he's done for this past recruiting class, uh, they're already either on campus or have signed.
1: I mean, 95% of them are already in. Yeah, and that started
2: back in December. So um, I don't really think that this is any kind of shocking news. If you post around and and poke around on Twitter, uh, there's several people saying that, yeah, we kind of heard this was coming for a while. Uh, no, No biggie. You know, he's just, he's just kind of taking another step in his career. So, you know, I, I don't think that Auburn people need to be worried about this. I, I don't think that there's any way to tie this into the defensive coordinator search. But I'll say this. Can we just go ahead and hire a defensive coordinator now? Can we just go ahead and knock that one out? I mean, Ron Roberts has been gone for quite some time. You know, let's just go ahead and get this all shored up. And right now – Get the guy in. Start working out with the team or whatever they're doing right now. Start preparing for the spring because, uh, you know, defense coordinator is pretty important position on a coach uh, football coaching staff. There is it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I know all of them. <laughs> well, we got is. Charles Kelly and and McGriff and and, 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 and yeah, I know. But, let, but let, I'm with let's, you, man. Let's get our guy. Let's just go ahead and get it done. And can we have a defensive coordinator hire?
3: Mm-hmm. Preferably
2: and... between two and four today. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's right. Yeah. If, so, if few freeze, if you're listening, man, go ahead and uh, go ahead and make that call. Let's get pen to paper. We'll be able to break it for you here on ESPN. But no, I think I think a lot of Auburn fans probably share that with you, Uncle T Bone. It's like, look, Auburn obviously went heavy after the offensive coordinator spot they went heavy after trying to fill that staff that side of the football right they were trying to do that but this has been going on for a while and it's not like it's hey we got to get this done right now get it done we're tired of it whatever you don't want to rush through it right you don't want to rush through this just to say you did just to say you hired somebody but I mean we all know the names that have been floating around. It's the same two or three names we've talked about for two weeks now. Right. Like nobody's playing anymore, right? The Texans are out, right? DJ Durkett's still hanging around. Like all these different names that we've talked about, nothing no, one, that...
2: no one hired the former Mississippi State head coach, yet, right. Zach Barnett. Like, let's the, just get it done. The
1: same guys have been hanging out. Let's make this decision and let's move on. Right. And, you know, I I'm still curious. And maybe we could get some phone calls for this. I'm curious on where the fans are on this. Because I've seen so many different takes on who people want, who people don't want, why they want this guy over this guy, why they'd be concerned about this guy and not concerned about this guy. Like, there's everybody's got a different opinion. But who do Auburn fans want for that defensive coordinator spot? Because there are a few options and... I mean, I think all of them have their ups and all of them have their downs.
2: Yeah, we'd love to hear from you, 334-321-1390 here at On The Line, the show that calls it like it is, Jacob. And holds nothing back, my good sir. That's right, here on a free-for-all Friday, coaching news, Trevon Reed, former Auburn legend, he gone, okay? I say that it's just nothing more also than what we've talked about now for about two months and this entire shakeup of the coaching staff that you're just going to go ahead and continue to see People come and go just a little bit longer right before the spring because Hugh Freeze had to do what? He had to get a staff immediately when he got here, and now he's doing just about what any kind of staff does or any kind of head coach does after he's rushed into taking a big-time job and putting a staff together with bubble gum and tape very quickly. Now he's making his adjustments in the staff, and you're going to see more of a staff that he wants to have here long-term moving forward. I think that the redman guy obviously coming in, you know, allows it and makes it a lot easier and that may be why that may be why they went ahead and uh, sought him out because Trevon Reed was like, look, guys, I'm going to probably take this job. I'm ready to start being an on-the-field coach. I need to move on with my career. And so they were like, all right, well, let's, who can we go out and who do we think the best person is we can get? And I think that they probably found that in Will Redmond. I think that so. guy apparently is a rock star behind the scenes in mm-hmm. college football and big-time college football, and he, helped, he has helped craft and he has helped stabilize LSU through this transition with Brian Kelly. And by all accounts in the media, it was a coup. So, you know, he's going to hire his people moving forward, too, because he's going to be in a charge of a lot as the director of football operations, a.k.a. the general manager. So let's just go ahead and let him do his thing. And let's go ahead and get a defensive coordinator. And let's just go ahead and shore this up and move forward. And let me remind people of this, too, before we get to our first break. This is normal.
1: Okay. This is a normal act. This is a normal set yeah. of, stan- uh, of circumstances and steps for a second year head coach. Okay. When somebody steps in, they have to have their people, right? You've talked about this a couple of times, T Bone, where Hugh Freeze came in, threw a staff together, got through year one, and now it's time to kind of clean house a little bit. And we've talked about this where some people may not like it. Right, some people may not be fans of Cadillac leaving and Etheridge leaving and now Travon Reed being gone. Right? Those are Auburn legends that are no longer here, that have been here for quite some time and have been a big part to this program. But let me ask you this question. During their time, how good was Auburn? <laughs> how good was the Auburn football program, really? And that's a tough question. That's a heartfelt, emotional question to have to answer.
2: I mean, we've talked about at nauseum the last ten years of Auburn football.
1: It's been bad. It's, it's been just embarrassing.
2: Been, it, it best mediocre, I and
1: think, that's the reason, right? So, yeah. And do it, you want so? It, so the question then becomes: Do you want Auburn people to be here for to be the Auburn way and Auburn men on the staff, and it may or may not get better? Or a new head coach come in, say, thank you for your service. It's time we move on. We bring in new guys and we try something new and see if that works.
2: Yeah, real quick, on. I agree with you. I mean, you got to basically – I think that what you're seeing right now at Auburn is something you haven't seen in a long time going back to when Tommy Tuberville was hired. Mm-hmm. A coach is going – they are going to – they're basically like, I'll take this job. I'll take this on. But we're going to do it my way, and I'm going to have my staff – and that's going to be it. If you look at the last three hires in the history of it Chiswick, Malzon, and Brian DeHarson, Jacob, I lived through all that. And it was blatantly obvious. These guys were hired, and other people within the athletic department or even higher up were helping them put the staff together and to get, and not maybe to get the job, but to agree to just kind of play along. I'm the head coach. Yeah, I'll have some say so, but y'all just put a staff around me and we'll go. And that's how you end up all the time. And it works out sometimes, and it doesn't work out sometimes with this. Well, he's part of the Auburn family, Mm -hmm. so he needs to be on staff. We're done with that. Hire a head coach. Let them run it their way. Give them the keys to the car. And if they feel like Carnell Williams doesn't need to be here or does need to be here, it should have nothing to do with being part of the Auburn family. And it should have everything to do with whether or not they're going to be winners and, and have results. Fact. It's a tough conversation. It is. Because it's been the...
1: That's, it's time to grow up. That's been the standard here. Right? That's been the standard at Auburn. And I, I genuinely believe Hugh Freeze wants to change that. And he's Absolutely. not doing it. He's not, and it
2: needs to change.
1: Right. I'm with you. And he's not doing it to upset Auburn fans and to make you mad and upset. Like, he wants to win. Yes. And this program has not done that.
2: Auburn football has not been winning he wants to win big folks so either he will or he won't right but if you're going to kneecap him with people you got to keep around you'll never win big and you'll get what you got in the last 10 years
1: we'll take our first break here at hour number one three three four three two one thirteen ninety free for all Friday fired up in the first 15 minutes or so here on this ESPN 106.7
0: are on the line on ESPN 106.7, online at ESPNAU.com, or on the ESPN 106.7 app.
1: We continue on with some coaching news that happened the other day. Uh, not in Auburn, not in the state of Alabama, but a it wasn't even a shock Uncle t wasn't even a surprise in college football. It just finally happened. Something that's been talked about since the very first day of the college football season, even before the Michigan Wolverines went and won the national championship. Head coach Jim Harbaugh, he gone, he out, gone to the NFL. Just like we thought he would.
2: Yeah, Harbaugh leaves Michigan to become the uh, L.A. Chargers. That's weird for me to say. They'll always be the San Diego Chargers for me. Yeah. But he will uh, be the Chargers' new head coach. Harbaugh, people forget, really kind of West Coast guy for quite some time at Stanford and was with the 49ers. Heck of a coach. And I'm going to say this, man. For a long time, I was not a Jim Harbaugh guy. I thought he was uh, just more than quirky. I thought there was something wrong with him. Uh, always thought he was a fantastic football coach and player. Captain Comeback back in the day is what they called him. They would always go down, the Bears and the Colts, and he would bring them back and, uh, and beat people in the fourth quarter. Heck of a good football player. <clears throat> uh, was a quarterback under Mike Ditka. There was a lot of issues there in uh, the end of Ditka's career with the Bears. So, you know, he's been through it all. The Bears. He has been through it all, Jacob. And now he's decided he's going to go back to the NFL, probably where he belongs. Uh, the Harbaugh brothers, both of them are just fantastic coaches. And, but the guy grew on me this year. You know, okay. All through all this turmoil, you know, the suspensions, the accusations. Yeah,
1: suspensions, that's, that's plural. Yeah. He got suspended twice.
2: You know, as an Auburn fan, there's been people throwing mud at my team since I can remember. And when and you know, I take it back to 2010. The Cam Newton saga was just beyond anything I've ever experienced, <laughs> and it turned out to be almost a complete fake news hit piece. <clears throat> and so, but Auburn Gene Chizik is one of the reasons why I just respected Gene Chizik for so long because he kept it together, and we won a national title through all of this turmoil. Harbaugh kept that team together. Several of the assistant coaches who were up for the job kept it together. And he's rolling out a national champion. Good luck to him.
1: Yeah, yeah and you know he uh, at the end of everything, he said, you know I'm a Michigan man and, and I believe that and I think the fans believe that. And uh, I'm curious. I saw a lot on social media and heard some from Michigan fans. I mean, I, I, I know Michigan fans from my time living in Ohio and stuff. and I think they were they were split pretty much down the middle. from the ones that I engaged with and saw, they were split. Not on Harbaugh. They loved him. They were split on whether he was truly going to stay or if he was gone. And the because you could bet on this, of course, the betting odds all season were favored for him to go somewhere to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Whether it became the Falcons or whether it was the Raiders or whether it was the Chargers or wherever the case may be, right? It was it was just almost understood that Harbaugh was going to the NFL. Like, there was no way that he was going to stay at Michigan. And then they won a national championship. And people began having the conversation of, okay, does that give him more reason to leave? Now that, I won a national championship. In and out, I'm a champion. I brought Michigan football back from the dead. Now it's time to go back to the pros? Or do I hang around and try to make this a dynasty? Well, we have our answer as he's going back to the Chargers. He'll be uh, coaching against his brother once again. The Chargers and the Ravens play next year in the regular season. That's awesome. Of course, they played each other in the Super Bowl years and years ago. 49ers, Ravens, that was really cool. Um, But I I just think he's an NFL coach, man. And I think a lot of it has to do with all the things we talk about all the time on this show. NIL, transfer portal. Being a college football head coach is borderline miserable. Because of all the things you have to put up with and all the things you have to do. Being an NFL coach, management wise, is a lot easier.
2: Well, really, in the NFL, it's just more about football itself, X's and O's. I mean, you got general managers, you got draft experts, front
1: offices. I mean, you got all that. You got
2: people handling this stuff to get players. You don't have to go out on the recruiting trail. Twenty four seven three six five. Right, and it's even harder now that you got to bring a bag of money called the NIL with you, mm-hmm. and then you got to recruit your own team on players you've already recruited because they may leave, and then you got to recruit other teams' players because they may be leaving or not, or in the transfer portal. It's maddening. Harbaugh got a championship; he's gone. A lot of people are saying, "Well, you know, this is obvious that he knows that something's coming down the pipe with the NCAA. And he mm. wants to get out of town while he can." You think that's it? You think that's got something to do with it? I've I seen mean, people saying that. You know, who knows? I think there's just several mitigating factors. The fact is, the guy's a successful NFL coach, 44 19 and 1 with the 49ers. 2012 Super Bowl, like you mentioned before, against his brother that he lost. That was in New Orleans. Remember that was the game where the lights went out, yeah. I believe? Yeah, that was it was. Crazy. That was so wild.
1: And that's crazy. Vegas, baby.
2: What's even crazier is that's 12 years ago. Yeah, you know, that is crazy. And, and John Harbaugh still with the Ravens. We'll get to them uh, going up against the Chiefs in the NFL a little bit later in the show. We've got many a thoughts on that. Some of the early candidates, though, to take Harbaugh's spot are interesting. Sharon Moore, the 37-year-old from Derby, Kansas. He was Michigan's offensive coordinator this past season while they won a national title. He was also the intern coach. I guess multiple times when Harbaugh uh, was was suspended. Because you
1: remember, Harbaugh did not start the season. What was it, the first four games, I think, he did not coach? And then there was, what, a six or seven-game stretch in there, too? Yeah,
2: I think all the non-conference games that Michigan had outside of the playoffs – were the first three or four games in mm-hmm. the season. And then he was suspended for all that. And then once conference play started, he was back. Brian Kelly, LSU's head coach, former Notre Dame coach name, still continues to be thrown around. I don't believe it. I've been wrong before. Wednesday proved that and I'll be wrong again, I just don't see it. Brian Kelly's doing a heck of a job at LSU, and they are on the
0: verge
2: of being back, I'm telling you. He's a good coach. People don't like him because he's goofy, and they poke fun at him. The guy can coach. He's got a great staff around him, and they're bringing in mega recruits. A few other names, Lance Leopold from Kansas, a few other assistants from Michigan. I see three names on here of coaches – well, two coaches – And then another guy that are very interesting to me, Jacob. Eli Drinkowitz from Missouri, Mm. according to CBSSports.com, might get a look. Matt Campbell from Iowa State, both good coaches. But here's one that's really interesting to me. Possible Todd Mockin, Baltimore Ravens offensive coordinator and former offensive coordinator at Georgia. That would be a home run hire. That
1: would be a home run. There's a lot of good, good names in there that Michigan could hire in a new era of Big Ten football and college football as well. We'll see. I'll have some more thoughts on that later on, but we'll talk some basketball when we come back here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Don't go anywhere.
0: Jacob Goins on ESPN 106.7, Auburn Opelika's Sports Leader. 30 minutes into hour number one
1: here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T-Bone. I'm Jacob Goins with you on the Auburn Opelika Sports Leader ESPN 106.7. We've hit all sorts of topics already today. Trevon Reed being hired away from Auburn, going to UCF, joining Gus Malzahn as the defensive backs coach. Also talked a little Jim Harbaugh. He's leaving Michigan to go play or go coach I should say maybe he could play you never know he may strap it up uh, go to the NFL we've got more football to talk about later on we've got more thoughts about the Travon Reed stuff defensive coordinator stuff NFL playoffs we got to make predictions for this weekend but I want to start talking a little college basketball because Auburn coming off the loss on Wednesday everybody was fired up on this show yesterday goodness we had Two great guests, Brad Law and Chris Gordy. And outside of that, the phone lines never quit ringing. And uh, people were upset, rightfully so. People were disappointed, rightfully so. And as we sort of wrap that conversation up about what happened on Wednesday night in Tuscaloosa, we said this earlier, Auburn cannot hang their head. They cannot look at this game and, and, and dwell in it very long. They've got another tough one on the road tomorrow afternoon at the hump in Stark
2: Vegas. I mean it, what it, it's the old saying, right? You don't want to one loss to to make you get beat twice you know you gotta, yeah, don't yeah don't let one game beat you twice. you I know mean, We're on the 24 uh, hour rule as fans. Um, I'm going to bet there was some uh, there were some hurt feelings in that locker room for a little bit longer than usual. Uh, I would bet that Bruce Pearl. More than usual, probably dwelled on that loss just a touch. Just be my guess. I don't. I hadn't talked to him. They're on the road. Uh, he he had a lot of things that were interesting to say uh, about uh, tomorrow's game. There was a article by Brian Matthews, our good friend, who's always on with Bill and Dan. AuburnSports.com. Um, Auburn left town, they went up to Tuscaloosa, they've stayed on the road, they're heading to Starkville, it's only 90 miles away, and then they'll head back home. So they haven't been home in quite some time, and they need to split this road trip. Oh, No doubt. I mean, you you know, Auburn's in good shape and will be fine to be in the NCAA tournament. Right now I think that what Auburn is doing is, you know, trying to cement themselves as one of the higher seeds. They could have changed the trajectory of Alabama's basketball season and really put them kind of more in a tailspin by losing two in a row, especially by losing at home to Auburn. Instead, uh, Alabama gets out of that trap, and now they're fighting and clawing to see how high up they can get in the NCAA tournament as well. Auburn needs to go ahead, and this is a Mississippi State team like Alabama that's pretty desperate. You know, unlike Alabama, Mississippi State right now, if the tournament was going on, they're on the bubble. They are. So they're fighting to get off their bubble. They're fighting fighting for their lives to get off the bubble. They in a good win against an Auburn team with the metrics love and the Ken Palm love, and I don't know how all that works. I get my man jumping Jack Hudden in here to explain it, though, because he's keeping up with it all. But Mississippi State could get a big, big win against Auburn and to really make yourself a, a kick butt tournament team, one of the first steps in that is sticking a fork in teams that are on the bubble and crushing their tournament dreams.
1: Yeah. And that's
2: what I want to see tomorrow in start, yeah. startful, folks. Let's turn the page. Let's turn the page from that dump Coleman Coliseum falling apart <laughs> live on television. Well, look, you ain't getting much better going to the hump. Let me just be Let's real. Let's turn with you. that page from. Nate Oates owning Bruce Pearl. I'm not going to say that he owns him anymore. Six wins and three losses, three in a row. Let's turn the page from our, once again, brutal three-point shooting. There's no need to dwell on Jay Will just going to bed in the corner and going into the fetal position in the first half of that game Wednesday night. We don't need to revert back to any of the can't-make-free-throw-type talk that I've had to hear for the last two years. Not going to have it here today. We are turning the page, Jacob. I like it. And we're heading into Humphrey Coliseum in that beautiful, beautiful town, Starkville, Mississippi, over there. Stark Vegas. A.K.A. Stark Vegas and the Hump. (laughs) And we need to go down, and we need to go in there and burn it down like we did Bud Walton Arena earlier against Arkansas to start conference play. Man. Man, all right, T Bone, get fired up on a Friday. I'm still fired up from that game <laughs> Wednesday. Can you tell? It's free yes. for all Friday here. That's three, right. three, four, three, two, one, thirteen, ninety. Tigers early line giving up. I believe two and a half. You said Jacob? yes. Yeah,
1: two and a half early lines right now for Auburn, favored on the road tomorrow against Mississippi State. And you started talking about the bracket, a bracketology in the bubble. And thankfully, uh, Joe Lunardi and ESPN released an updated bracketology today. And you look at where Auburn, Alabama, Mississippi State, some other SEC schools stand, as of right now, right, and there is still, I say this all the time, there is still a lot of basketball to be played. Okay, we're still oh, in yeah. the end of January, all of February, in those last two weeks of March. So a lot of this could change, and a lot of this will change. But you look at Auburn, still atop top of the SEC, still a top 10 team in the net, Still a top 10 team in Kimpom. As of right now, in the latest bracketology from Joe Lenardi and ESPN, Auburn has not moved. Auburn is still a three seed in the NCAA tournament. Now, you look at where Alabama sits. Alabama is currently a four seed. Even with their record, the rankings love them, right? The metrics love this Alabama team. And rightfully so, they have four quad one wins. They're four and two, or four and four, excuse me, in quad one games. Now they're thirteen and six overall. They have a great win over a top ten Auburn team, sure. So Alabama's a four seed. But you mentioned Mississippi State, the team that Auburn is playing tomorrow on the road. They're at the hump. They are on the bubble. They're one of the last four buys, and they're currently a ten seed right now, and they moved down from a couple of days ago. So this t- sort of a loss here for Mississippi State would not necessarily hurt them because it is a top 10 net Ken team in Auburn. This is a massive quad one game, a team coming into your house. So if you lose it at home, it's not the end of the world. But a win for the dogs would do a lot for Mississippi State and their tournament hopes. This would give them the type of win that they need to really borderline solidify themselves in the NCAA tournament because they're now 43 right now in the Ken Palm and they are in the net rankings and they're two and four in quad one this would be their third quad one win the biggest quad one win and guess who is yet to get a quad one win Uncle T-Bone that's right you're Auburn Tigers
2: yeah I mean look uh I think Auburn's easily capable of getting a quad one win I don't think that's They're the type team that only is going to beat bad teams uh, this season moving forward. There's plenty of basketball left. There's going to be a couple of losses still on that schedule, but there's going to be a couple of really big wins as well. Uh, I just think it's important when you're going up against teams that are desperate and they're fighting for their lives that you just ruin their lives. How do you do that? With this Auburn team in particular, how do you do that? Well, the first thing you can't do is what you did in Tuscaloosa, and that's get flustered and and try and start playing somebody else's game. I thought about this long and hard yesterday. Alabama and Auburn came out, and that first 10 minutes of basketball was kind of ugly. You know, it was choppy both sides. A lot of turnovers, a lot of weird dribbles, a lot of weird passes and bumps and – It just wasn't great basketball to watch. Mm -hmm. And then Alabama all of a sudden – but Auburn was uh, still kind of leading the game, and then Alabama started popping some threes. They got in transition, and Auburn got a little lazy on defense, and and Riley Griffin got some wide-open looks and drilled them. At that point, Auburn, it appeared to me, started trying to kick the ball out and started to match three for three in that first half. And I believe they went one for nine in the first half. And some of those threes almost were from the rafters. They were not good looks. Now, Auburn had much better looks in the second half and missed them, but in the first half, and it's like, okay, well, we need to pop some threes too. Play your game. What is Auburn's strength? Physical basketball inside, transition, and having waves and waves of players come in. And that's another thing I didn't understand about the Alabama game is, tell me how many minutes we were in a full-court press. We didn't pressure them on defense like we have been other teams, and I could tell you one thing: Aiden Holloway was being molested by Alabama defenders every time he's coming up the court. And we just kind of drop back, we're playing a little half, course, half, half court defense. They got to go back to put some pressure on some teams, put some pressure on Mississippi State, get in transition, and get physical. Well that's what has made Auburn so good
1: is is the pressure they put on and it's the turnovers that they force and it's it's those things that Auburn just they do the flustering of teams rather than other teams doing the flustering of Auburn that of course was not the case on Wednesday uh, where Alabama just and look I gave a lot of credit to Alabama yesterday on the show and, you and, should. and they deserved it absolutely. they absolutely deserved it that
2: wasn't all about oh we just played bad they in several instances made Auburn play bad.
1: Yes, because of what Alabama did. And you better believe, you better believe, since Wednesday night at about 9 o'clock, Mississippi State has done nothing but watch that film. Because Alabama is only one of the few teams, because I don't think Baylor gave you a recipe on how to beat this team. I don't even think App State gave you a recipe on how to beat this Auburn team. Alabama did. Alabama, they showed how to beat auburn how to fluster them how to get them off their game and it showed what auburn does when they can't play their game they bailed right they did they reverted yeah they backslid exactly and they just they panicked is what they did and mississippi state has to be thinking to themselves we can do that too We can do that tomorrow afternoon inside of Humphrey Coliseum. We can do that with all the rowdy fans of Mississippi State who are going to be packed in there like sardines to watch a top-10 Auburn team play. Now, is Mississippi State playing their best basketball? Not necessarily. They are 2-3 and in their last five games. They do have a win over Tennessee, if you remember, back on January 10th. They lost to Alabama. They lost to Kentucky. They hung in that game for a little bit. They beat Vanderbilt. woohoo! hoo And then they lost to Florida on Wednesday night, the same day that Auburn lost to Alabama. So both of these teams are coming off of losses. Both are on the road, both by single digits. But Mississippi State's a good team, and they've got some good players, and I promise you they believe
2: that they can win this game. Does Auburn believe that they can win this game? I think that's a big question. In the SEC right now, in the standings, Mississippi State two and four in conference play. That puts them eleven out of fourteen. They are the bottom eleventh team in the league that have any possibility of getting into the NCAA tournament. So they got to get wins now, and they got to get off the bottom. And start moving their way up the standings. Like you said, uh, 13 and 6 overall doesn't get much easier for Mississippi State after Auburn. So this is another critical time for them to to fight like heck to get a W. They'll travel to Ole Miss for I guess the Egg Bowl on hardwood. Then they travel to Alabama and then they host Georgia. This is a team like we talked about with the possibilities moving forward. If Alabama had lost to Auburn, then all of a sudden, you know, you got a seven-game stretch where you're going to at least have to go uh, four and two to try and, you know, really stay ahead of even any kind of bubble talk. For Mississippi State, if they go down to Auburn in the hump at home on Saturday night, there's a real possibility they lose those next three, and and then they're done. They're done before they get to, uh, go, to uh, uh, get, go to Ole Miss, and February isn't even halfway through. So this is a huge, huge, huge game for them. I think Auburn is the better team. I think if Auburn will play its game and not freak out on the road like they did up in Coleman Coliseum for the first half, credit to Auburn for really getting it together and making that a game in the second half. Yeah. That same type of brand of basketball that Auburn was playing in the second half, Instead of that reverted two-year-ago basketball where KD Johnson's a whirly bird and the Tasmanian devil, Jalen Williams isn't as physical as he has been, right? We're missing free throws. They play like they did in the second half. I think they'll take care of business in this game.
1: And I I pose the question, does Auburn think they can win? How does Auburn fans feel? What's the feeling? What's the vibe going into tomorrow afternoon? Auburn taking on Mississippi State, 2.30 Central Time, uh, SEC Network Television. Uh, But, of course, here locally in Auburn, Opelika, you can listen to the radio broadcast with Andy Burcham. You can find that over on Wings94.3 and WingsFM.com, pregame 2 o'clock. Tip-off at 2.30. How do Auburn fans feel about a bounce-back opportunity for Auburn basketball tomorrow against Mississippi State? Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you. 3-3-4, We'll wrap up our number one on the other side.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 3-3-4, Or toll-free at 888-382-7502. Wrapping up
1: our number one here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Let's get to the phone lines, 334-321-1390. Terry, happy Friday, man.
3: Happy Friday, Jacob T-Bone. How y'all doing?
1: Doing good, man. Doing good. What you got?
4: All right, guys. When, when Alabama comes down here and plays at Neville Arena, I think it's on February the 7th, but I'm not sure of that. Don't quote me on that. Uh, that that's a must win. That, I don't care what anybody says. That's a must win because it's a mental state. Nadeau has got a mental block over Auburn right now, a mental block over Bruce Pearl, a mental block, mental block over that team. They don't mentally believe they can win. And and they got to. They got to have a quad one win. You said it, Jacob. They don't have a quad one win right now. Right. Now, C three, C that's just somebody's opinion. Now, Lenardi's pretty close, let's be honest. But that
3: could easily change. That could easily change. That
2: Jerry so, Palm usually has us like as a 10 seed or something. You know, he's horrible, and Lenardi seems to be a little bit more accurate. I'm right there with him. I think we're probably a three-to-five seed, you know, somewhere in there. Three, really, maybe two being the ceiling, five being the floor. I think Alabama's along the lines of three to, to seven, depending on, you know, the rest of their season. But they're playing with a lot of confidence right now, unfortunately, Terry giving up 13.5 points tomorrow, 7 o'clock, on ESPN against LSU. LSU's a yeah, good team.
4: That, yeah, be, Alabama turns the ball over a lot, and, and the bad news for Alabama is the NCAA
2: tournament is not played in Coleman Coliseum.
1: Bingo. There it is. Is that is. I'll, I'll show is my it ignorance here. Is played in Nashville
2: because they've done pretty well up there, too? <laughs> I, I just think that there's such a mental block there. I think that's
4: talked about near enough. Some reason NATO has a mental block over Bruce Pearl, a mental block over his team. T-Bone, you were talking about Jalen Williams, just kind of went into a, a fog, so to yeah. speak. Well,
2: I said uh, he, said he went into like the fetal a fetal position.
4: There's even of him as to be a player of the year.
2: Hey, it's not right. over yet. He can rebound from that. And, look, the basketball does bounce weird ways. I mean, Kentucky, who I think is really good, got smoked by South Carolina the night before on the road. Uh, you know, Oregon State takes down uh, – Arizona, Arizona last night. The, Oregon State was one ninety in Ken Palm. I mean, you go on the road this time of year, you better be ready to roll. And that's to me, Terry. What was so disappointing about that game is because I think all I had thought Auburn was more mentally tough than that. I thought, I thought they were Auburn, over the Oregon,
4: that. The most disappointing thing was how Alabama just, just pushed Auburn around.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. That that's exactly right. And Auburn
1: does they got have under the skin. Yeah, Auburn's got to find a way to, to get over that, Terry. We appreciate the call, man. Thanks so much. 334-321-1390. we got one more call. We're going to try and squeeze this in before the hour. You're on the line. Who are we speaking with?
5: Hey, good afternoon, Jacob. It's Bag. Hey, K.
1: Bag. What's up, man? Got about two minutes for you, brother. Go ahead.
5: Hey, good deal. I appreciate it. I'm sorry I didn't call you yesterday like I told you I would on Wednesday. But after listening to the show yesterday. I'm just glad you're still here, man. (laughs) Well, you know, Tuscaloosa County ain't too bad.
2: It ain't but, too good uh, either.
5: <laughs> well, you know, sometimes you just gotta man up inside
6: that place. Well, so, that's you know, right. You manned up Listen to the show
5: yesterday, listen to the callers, and you know, the only thing the common theme within, you know, the entire show yesterday and then listen to a little bit of today, um, can be all can be described in one word.
6: And that's Java. I'll
2: hang up and listen. Thanks. Thanks so much. <laughs> Just Auburn being Auburn. Thank you so much, K Bag. I'm glad you and Pops got back down the road safely out of Coleman Coliseum and are with us on the planes. We appreciate it. You can get into it three three four three two one thirteen ninety real quick before the break. Something Terry said, Jacob February seventh, February seventh. Which he was correct in his uh, his date about Auburn if and playing Auburn Alabama. Does not have. That circled in crimson bright red all over their calendars. And if Auburn doesn't have quotes from Nate Oates and his loose mouth all over their locker room, and if Auburn doesn't make this game a priority and not only beat Alabama and end that three-game winning streak and make Bruce Pearl back to four and six against Nate Oates, and run them up out of Neville Arena and out of Lee County and make Nate Oates go to the press and cry like the blowhard he is. If that doesn't happen, I'm going to be fired up again.
3: Hmm.
1: Terry putting it on a must win. Sounds like I Uncle T Bone does as well. Lots of games before that, including the one tomorrow against Mississippi State. We'll talk some more about that coming up in hour number two NFL playoff talks with the conference championship games, coaching news around Auburn, plus anything else you want to talk about on this free for all Friday edition of on the line hour number two coming up. Don't you dare turn that radio dial. Happy Friday everybody. Hope you're doing well on this Friday, January 26, 2024. This is the Friday edition of On The Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goins. He is Uncle T-Bone as we get underway here in hour number two. If you missed any of the first hour, lots of conversation. Uh, we've got some coaching news uh, that we talked about in the world of Auburn athletics. We also uh, Discussed the Jim Harbaugh news and kind of gave some of our thoughts about where LSU could go, or excuse me, where Michigan could go uh, for their next head coaching hire. Also talked a lot of Auburn basketball. We're going to talk about that some more here in this second hour as well, but if you did miss any of that first hour, you can find it on the podcast. Just search on the line wherever you get your podcast. Phone lines are open, wide open here in hour number two. Whatever you want to talk about, 334 321 1390 You want to make a prediction, uh, give your thoughts and opinions on Auburn basketball for tomorrow as they take on Mississippi State on the road in Stark Vegas at The Hump. We can get your thoughts on that. We're going to make our predictions for the NFL playoffs, this conference championship games, and a whole lot more I hear in hour number two. And man, I'm there's just so much happening right now in in the world of sports with i mean still so much football news going on and basketball and the nfl and nba still going on you got all-star weekend coming up in a few weeks in in indianapolis so just so many things i remember that was interesting the all-star game and all-star weekend yeah for the nba day
2: man when the The three-point contest was going and Larry Bird would walk in just off the streets and say who's coming in second (laughs) and ask everybody, you know, basically telling everybody else in the contest they're through. And then, you know, Spud Webb and Jordan and Wilkins and that slam dunk dunk contest. The game itself used to be awesome. I can't remember the last time I watched an NBA All-Star game.
1: I think it's a disgrace that LeBron James has never done a – He's never done a dunk contest, like ever. He's never done it, and that uh, that makes me upset for sure. And you know, when I was growing up, it was it was always fun. It was really my era when I was growing up that it became just a offensive fest, right? Just to see who could score three hundred points, right? right? There was really not a whole lot of defense scored, but it was still a lot of fun because you had. LeBron James, you had Kobe Bryant, you had those guys in rest. and rest in peace, Kobe Bryant, oh, and player, and uh, oh, just uh, oh, that that makes me sad to think about still. But it was those big names: Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, Derrick Rose. You know all those guys that you know, Kevin Durant, and, and all the guys that were playing, and some of those guys, of course, still playing today. But you know, then the NBA finally realized, okay. The All-Star game sucks. Like, it's just not any good. It's boring. It's dry. Like, it's stupid. Then they put in the Elam ending where you get to the fourth quarter, they have a target score, and man, they started playing some serious defense, man. They started playing some legitimate basketball in the fourth quarter, and it was the best players in the world going at it five on five, and it was awesome. Then, you know, they've got the skills competition and whatever. That's kind of lame. You've got the 3-point boring. <laughs> You've got the 3-point contest and the dunk contest and look, no disrespect to these guys. I watch the NBA on almost a nightly basis. Half the time it's guys that we ain't even heard of, right? Why is Steph Curry not always in the three-point contest? Why is Kevin Durant not in the three-point contest? Why are Giannis and LeBron not doing the dunk contest? Now, I know LeBron's getting older now, but still, like, I don't know. It just, it has its moments for me. It is leaps and bounds above the NFL Pro Bowl. That's the biggest joke I've ever seen in my life. You ever watched the Pro Bowl before? It's Uh, dumb. not, Not
2: since Sean Taylor knocked out that punter. like years ago. Yeah, they don't do that anymore. Pro Bowls, it's it's bad. It used to mean something, I guess. Look, if I am an NFL franchise and my guy is in the Pro Bowl, I think I'm paying him extra money to uh, (laughs) not play. Yeah, I got I got COVID, man. I'm out. (laughs) I got the flu. Because if you go out there and not even an exhibition game but some glorified backyard brawl, I mean, waste of time, and your star quarterback blows his knee out in Honolulu, Hawaii, or wherever it is these days, I'm going to have a serious issue with the NFL.
1: See, here's a hot take, too, from me. What were your thoughts on the MLB All-Star game when it used to mean something, when it used to matter, where the winner, the winning conference, right, the winning side got home advantage in the World Series? Where do you stand on that? Because I'll tell you where I'm at. I loved it. I loved
2: it. Yeah, they actually take that game a little bit more seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, The home
1: run derby has become kind of a crazy
2: thing. Yeah, I don't really watch it. It's kind of boring to me, but – uh, the game itself is interesting. Um, I liked. I don't know if they. I can't remember if they do it like they used to, where all the guys used to wear their own uniforms. That was, we, we, but maybe right. with just an all star cap. Right. right? And,
1: and sometimes they change it up and it depends. Like, you, you, know, know, really cool. and you know, that was
2: really that, You know, that that was really neat collecting baseball yeah. cards when I was a kid. You get that National League Baseball card, Major League Baseball All Star Team card and have everybody in their uniforms. And you kind of daydream about what if this was like all your favorite players were all, all on some one team. Yeah. You know, and so I, I do like the Major League Baseball All Star game. Um, the, the 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 NBA one you know used to be interesting, it, really and truly because there was such less uh, sporting events on television when I was coming up, mm-hmm. and so it was always pumped up as must must watch television in a you know the cold dark of winter, mm-hmm. and they'd go flying up and down the court and you'd see all these great plays, but you know it's kind of played out for me, Jake. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm with you on that. And
1: here I'll say one more thing before we we move on. I saw a video. On X the other day, and it was a home run derby clip back when uh, back when guys were, you know, taking something to make them juice oh, yeah. you a little bit, little roids, if you will. <laughs> and the comment was, bring roids back to baseball. And it was, <laughs> and they, guys just just letting it rip, man, I mean, and just I don't letting know, it fly.
2: Jacob, if they need roids or they just need to go see our man Chad Crosby down there at Game Day Men's Health and get that testosterone check. Yeah,
1: go check him out, man. That'll let you hit a baseball will get you juiced mine. up.
2: Yeah, you better believe it. Feeling good.
1: Well, uh, we are not going to talk about All-Star stuff the entire show, but that was... Thank goodness. (laughs) (laughs) I'm with you on that. Well, again, phone lines are open, 334-321-1390. And uh, the news of the day around Auburn, uh, other than the basketball game going on tomorrow, is the... It's the news of Trevon Reed, who has been hired away from Auburn. He is now going to be the defensive backs coach for former head coach Gus Malzahn down at UCF. T Bone, your your thoughts again on this? On on what what this means? What it means for him and where you know where Auburn kind of goes from here?
2: Well, first of all, thank you, Trevon Reed, for your service to Auburn University. You've been a great representative. I know that he's done a heck of a good job on the recruiting trail, uh, coordinating recruiting trips for coaches, and, and been a mentor to several young players over there in the athletic department. To me, what's it mean? No big deal. Seems like to me, Trevon Reed looking to uh, enhance his career, take that next step in his career, which includes moving from a more administrative role within the athletic department or football program at Auburn to an on-the-field coaching role. Can't blame him. He's hooking up with a guy that he's worked with before and Gus Malzahn. Good for him. Uh, he did a heck of a good job here on the recruiting trail at Auburn through multiple Regimes. And let me tell you, man, it was tough. Uh, Auburn's recruiting classes on paper were, were actually pretty decent under Harson, considering the circumstances of him just being the worst recruiter that's ever been in, in, in existence in the SEC. So, a tough job, tough loss. I think everybody well, uh, has nothing but uh, good luck and well wishes for Jerron Reed, including. Uh, Coach Hugh Freeze, who just had a post on X not too long ago, congratulating him on the move.
1: Three, 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 one, 334 321 Got a couple of phone calls to get to. We'll start with Specter. You're on the line with Jacob and Uncle t Hi, guys.
5: Uh, listen, uh, I told you I'd call you back and talk to you about it. Yeah. NIL. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. Um, you know, uh, I heard earlier you were talking about being fair or not fair. It, you know, it's not about that at all. And uh, you know uh, these guys. Ryan, let me take Ryan Williams for example.
3: Mm-hmm.
5: All right, we were told time and time again he's decommitted to Alabama, and he's he's making these visits to Texas, Auburn, and he ain't going to announce it till his birthday. What do you think happened? I think I know what happened.
2: Oh, I'll tell you exactly what I think happened, Inspector.
5: He, he, yeah, he went to the highest bidder.
2: Oh, I think and that a a lot a lot of money opened up at Alabama within their NIL right. because so many players left their team. And it created yep. this gigantic pot of cash. And I also think that Alabama folks who matter uh, financially to that football program, uh, big-time boosters, whatever, folks, the money men, behind a, a successful college football program, saw all these players bailing, Spectre, and they were like, we got to make a statement now. And they passed the hat and raised even more money. And I think they dropped a big, massive bag on Ryan Williams to make a statement that they're not going to lose everybody and they're not going anywhere. It was more about – I mean, he is, from all accounts, probably one of the best high school football players to ever come out of Alabama and a heck of a talent. But it's as much about perception on that recruitment as anything. And in in order for him to get that deal – he had to say he wasn't going to go visit anybody. But that being said, he still hasn't signed on the dotted line. Is he going to be here next weekend or not? Time will tell.
5: Yeah, well, like I said, I, I think it went, he's going to the highest bidder. But anyway, um, you know, NIL, it, it's going to be. It's going to become a bigger problem than what it already is. I mean, when you think people out there think that it's fair or not fair about one player getting more than another is an issue. Wait till you get to to these kids that are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars, and it's been proven, you know, young people and money equals corruption. <laughs> and they don't. They don't. They
1: typically don't mix well.
5: They don't mix well at all. I mean, you know, some kids can handle it, some kids can't. I mean, it's. I mean, look. I tell you what. I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. Most people out there that make hundreds of thousands of dollars and millions of dollars that have kids, most of those kids have, haven't a clue what's going on around them because they're so involved in their own world, whether it's drugs, whether it's fashion, or whether it's, it's something else. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, is, it, is, it is ridiculous. And I'm getting to this point here, and it goes back to Bo Jackson, and I challenge any high school kid or any player for that matter or any person for that matter to go and watch that video of Bo Jackson talking about him turning down five million dollars to come play play for Pat Dye, and it's and and Bo said it right. It's all about character, and when you start shoving money at these kids, character is going straight down the drain, and you're gonna it's gonna cause a problem when these kids leave and go to the next level, and you know if if you haven't, I get let me let me st- Let me say this, I'm getting ahead of myself. Mm
6: -hmm.
5: When a kid goes to a school, the head coach, his job is to teach him how to play football and play it to the best of his ability. And along with that, how to be a man. There you go. You know, you're you're getting an education from these other professors, but the coach is teaching you how to, he is the dad away from home. He is teaching these kids how to be a man. And they're not gonna get this. These, these kids that are getting NIL, they could care less what the coach says. Yeah. If they don't like what if they don't like what he says, they're going into portal to go somewhere else.
1: There you go. Yeah.
5: But uh but anyway, that's that in a nutshell. And I like I said, I challenge anybody out there to go see Bo uh, Bo Jackson's video on how he turned down five million dollars to play for Pat Dye.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I think you're I think you hit a lot of good points there, and I think you're right, Spectre. I really do. And and you know, that's just we s we, we say this numerous times here on the show. It it just it really just encapsulates what is happening in society. It's not even just about college kids or college football players. Like that's just that's just the world we live in, man. Yep,
5: absolutely. But anyway, I guess I've talked I like about it. I it. like yeah.
1: All right, Specter. Hey, we appreciate that, man. I, I like it. And, you know, he, he brought up a lot of good points, Uncle Tebow, and, and real, realistic points, I think, is a, is a better way to put that. He, he brought up things that are happening around us, things that are happening in front of our eyes about the sport that we love, around college football, and he is exactly right. When some kids are walking in the door making millions and millions of dollars, and I'll say this, we haven't got to this point yet, and we're going to, we're going to hit the point where players are making more money than the head coaches. You see it in the NFL. You see it in any professional sport. 90% of the players make more than the coaches do. But what happens when that 18-year-old walks in the door and he's making $10 million where the head coach is making six? That day's coming. Then what? The players already have all the power. Can they get
2: more? We're going to find out. Yeah, they could get more. They got to get up and walk out, not play. I mean, they have that option, right? They do. They could take control of college football with a uh, unionized effort that you know probably is coming down the line. Yeah. Um, I really don't know what the solution is other than just breaking away the big teams and forming a new league, having a sixty-team league, maybe five, with new rules. With with these are the rules. You got a commissioner. You got uh, contracts. You know, and and this you know, maybe you even have a. <laughs> like a uh, salary cap for each team I, I i don't know i mean i think that's the only option because if we can sit here and say something's not right and come up with solutions for every little problem but just new ones are going to fester but uh you know one thing i do think is we are really close to uh teams offering or making players sign contracts look if you're alabama and this is just highly highly theoretical jake but say you've You've had enough of your players leaving since Nick Saban retired. Your roster is uh, not quite what it was. You got a new windfall of cash from all these players just bailing on their NIL to go get NIL from other teams when they transfer. I mean, you're flush with money, and you're like, you know what, Ryan Williams, you're not going anywhere. You're coming here. Here's, oh, I don't know, $5 and million. They're not going to just give that to them up front. I mean, that's a lot of money, man. For a freshman. That's a lot of money, Jacob. They're going to be like, you need to sign this, 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 this. You know what? You might as well get a lawyer because you're going to have to read through this new contract that we're having. I mean, is that out of the realm of possibility? Because if I'm going to make that type of investment in anybody, we're going to have some ground rules. and, and, And you might be able to leave after year one. But if you do, it's not to play college football ever again on any other team. And you're only going to get paid as you stay, with a little signing bonus up front. Yeah, no, and I, that I've, may be happening right
1: now. I don't know. Yeah, I've talked about that a lot, and I think it's coming. I really, really do. Hey, we're up against the break, but Mark's been hanging on. I want him to get on here. Mark, you're on the line, man. We'll, we'll push our break back. I want you to have some time, man. What's up?
6: Hey, how you doing? I'm going to be throw three real quick or four real quick points. Go for uh, it. The all star the all star game. I don't like it where
1: the uh, playing for the home field advantage. Oh, in baseball? It's
6: a, it's, yeah, it's
0: just an exhibition game.
6: That's fair. Uh, and, they, and they did play uh, with the same uniforms. I like T-Bone. I, I would like to see them in their own uniforms. Oh, yeah. If you want to uh, make the uh, the home run derby mean something, throw live pitching
1: at them. There you don't
2: go. Throw, don't, don't just lob,
6: you know, gravy up there to them and let them smash balls.
2: Yeah, oh, Uncle Tebow could hit a home run doing that. Balls. Shoot, I jack one out of the park. Yeah. <laughs> I go to <a> game day <laughs> yeah, men's health. Throw them some fastballs. There we'll you see go. See how they do against for that. Uh, and then the
6: last thing, can we please, this NIL deal just got to go away. You know, the conversation I'm talking about. Because everything that can be said is being said like multiple times over just in a different way. You know, what we were talking about with Ryan Williams, Going to the highest bidder—that's the ruse. Who cares? I mean, you know, I, I care. I don't like it, but but nothing's wrong with it. Can you blame
2: him? Who would? Right. Well, I don't think anybody was saying like you know that's we would have got him, and, and it's sour grapes. Uh, yeah. Listen, listen. If they're paying him, oh, I don't know, six million, seven million dollars, and that's me, and I'm one of the biggest Auburn fans you probably ever met, Mark. I'd be the most obnoxious Alabama person on earth for that type of money.
6: What are you talking about? You are not lying. I mean, really. <laughs> anyway, you know, until I mean, we you, you... regulate this, until it's regulated, you know, we can say
1: the same thing a hundred different ways.
6: That's right.
2: But it's going to be the
1: same thing. That's right. Anyway. Y'all, I know you got a break, so I'll let y'all go. Y'all have a great day. You too, Mark. We appreciate you calling in. 334 321 1390. We do got to get to a break. We, we went way past it, but I wanted Mark to get in here as well, along with Spectre. So thank you both for calling in. We'll talk more about that, plus the basketball, other things going on here on a Free for All Friday edition of
0: On the Line. You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Online at ESPNAU.com or on the ESPN 1067 app.
1: Possibly the shortest segment we're ever going to have on this show coming up here on ESPN 106.7. We went way long, but um, no, we appreciate Spectre. We appreciate Mark. We appreciate everybody calling in today, and you can be a part of it as well. 334-321-1390. And, and just to kind of get to a couple of things Mark said there quickly, um, he disagreed with me, which is fine, about the um, the uh, MLB uh, Wow, well, MLB All-Star Game meaning in in the winner becoming the host of the world series i understand it it may not be fair to everybody the only reason i liked it was because it actually brought a little bit of meaning and passion to the game but like mark said it is a i mean it's it's an extra big exhibition it's an extra game so should it really matter yeah probably not right
2: why don't they make the all-stars it's like my dad used to say about that uh that golf exhibition the skins game do you remember that yeah where they'd have lee trevino and jack nicholas and arnold palmer and the big boys chi chi and they'd be playing for all this money allegedly if they won a hole and they'd have a little scoreboard up jack plus plus fifty thousand. So, and my dad would be like you know what that would be really interesting if they just put their own money up yeah and then you wouldn't see them hitting all these wild exhibition type shots They'd be out there grinding for their lives. Make mm-hmm. those uh, major leaguers put about 10 k up each, and let's play for the pot. There
1: you go. Well, you know, I don't know. Everybody's got their right own opinion, but I do think All-Star games have taken a hit over the last 15, 20 years, really. Um, and then, you know, to what Mark was saying, too, kind of piggybacking off of, of the Spectre phone call about the NIL stuff, right? Look, we could get on this show, And we could sit here for two hours a day, Monday through Friday, five days a week for 52 weeks a year. We could get on this show and we could talk about Transfer Portal and NIL for two hours a day, Monday through Friday, and we could always have something to talk about. But like Mark was saying, right, it tends to kind of circle back to the same topics and ideas. But here's the problem, Mark, as as much as we may hate it, I'm right there with you it's not going anywhere. The only problem is it's going to get worse. And the reason that it continues to come back up is because it just becomes more extreme. There's always a new scenario, a new case, a new player, a new highest limit that gets hit. And you were talking about the contracts, T-Bone. I've been calling for that for a while now. It's going to happen.
2: Yeah, let me tell you what the problem with that is. When one of these players breaks one of those contracts and then says, you know what, let's go to court.
1: And you've got a, an 18-year-old and his lawyer going up against Auburn uh, University.
2: Right, and they're going to go, I'm going to air out every little piece of dirty laundry that I know about this athletic department.
1: Anything you tried to do in a, in a dirty recruiting Since scheme or anything. You're
2: coming after me in a lawsuit. That opens you up to being on, to, on the stand, I believe. And my lawyer's going to ask you about everything that's been going on within, within that athletic department or football program. And you're going to see the school go, okay, let's just all sign Pony some up. paperwork and you can, you can just move it all along. Let me throw this at you real quick. There's an article on AL.com. Uh, it's with Tommy Tuberville. He says that uh, he helped bring Nick Saban to Alabama by uh, getting the rest of them fired, meaning the coaches. Uh, that's not what my point is here about the article. He mentions it in there that he kind of saw it coming. Nick Saban was going to retire because, quote, he never mentioned it, but he and I have been working on an NIL bill along with a lot of other coaches. Do you really want the government to fix this, people? I mean, they can't even balance a budget, man. (laughs) No thanks. Let's use our brains here for a second. not... That is not the solution.
1: There's two people you don't want involved, the government and the NCAA. Both of them we ruin just have everything the they touch. Yeah, exactly.
2: We we'll won't just put the NCAA with the IRS and they can fix
1: it. <laughs> Sounds like a terrible idea to me. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're going to talk some basketball and the NFL playoffs when we come back 30 more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Stick around.
0: are on the line with Jacob Goins on ESPN 1067, Auburn Opelika's sports leader. 30
1: more minutes here on the Friday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. I'm Jacob Goes. He is Uncle T-Bone, and uh, we've got some basketball to talk about here on the Friday edition of On the Line. Auburn and Mississippi State going on to this weekend tomorrow over at the Hump, but we've talked about that a little bit. We're going to talk some more about it. Other games going on in the SEC and around college basketball, Uncle T-Bone, hit us with some, man. What's going on around the country?
2: Well, it will all start in the SEC tomorrow down in Gainesville, uh, 11 o'clock tip. I uh, believe on ESPN 2, Florida Gators will host uh, their ex coach and their old time rival, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, both of these teams, probably Florida more than Georgia right now, but you could see Georgia, you know, they're much improved, Jacob, but you could see them kind of, you know, start sliding a little bit, Mm. theoretically.
1: Um, Not a believer in the dogs. I
2: I believe in, you know, no matter what Joe Lenardi or whomever says in bracketology, I believe they're a bubble team. Not right now. But by the end of the season, them in Florida both. Okay. So this, both of these teams are looking for a, a W here to kind of put the other, put put themselves in front of the other one and make their standing uh, a little bit more off the bubble. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Weird line here though. I don't understand this one at all. Over at www.scoresandodds.com. Florida giving up seven and a half at home to Georgia. Mm-hmm. Georgia's been playing really well.
1: Yeah. And they Florida's
2: have. kind of been hit or miss. I know it's tough to win on the SC in, on the road in the SEC in conference play. Seven and a half, that seems like a lot to me, Jacob.
1: I want to ask our listeners, and you don't have to call in, but just answer this to yourself if you're in the car, in the office, out in the garage, wherever you are listening to us on ESPN 106.7, answer this question in your head right now. If you have not looked and you have not known or seen it, what is Georgia's SEC record right now? What is it? Answer that. I'm going to give you a couple seconds. Answer that question. Mm-hmm. If you had to guess, in college basketball, what is Georgia's SEC record right now? All right, Because I'm about to tell you, Georgia, in SEC play, early on, we're through almost the month of January, they are 4-2 and two in SEC play right now. How many people thought that? How many? If you may be, have been watching and keeping up with it like I have, right? And I'm like like a lot of us have, but the dogs are four and two in conference play to start. That's better than most, Uncle T Bone. That's better than most. And you look at what they've done. They hung around against Tennessee, and they hung around against Kentucky. Their two yeah. losses were to Tennessee by six. And at Kentucky by nine, where they, they lost 105-96, to 96, an NBA score. Well, yeah. NBA score back in the day. They score 130 points now. But they're coming off a win against LSU. That's a good Georgia team. And I know it's at Florida, in the swamp, whatever. But that's a good Georgia team, man.
2: Yeah, I just – that line is, is it's number 601, 602 in the official number. Official Nevada rotation thirteen and six. Florida three and three in SEC play. Given up seven and a half over under. You see this number a ton in the over unders in college basketball. One sixty two.
1: You know what that is, don't you?
2: Just oh gosh. I mean it's whiffy poo. <laughs> that is cologne right there. I'm gonna that just, is I, cologne. I away from this game. Right oh here because man cuz they're, they're begging, begging you.
1: Begging you to Jinx. take Georgia, man. They're, they are oh uh,
2: they are begging you to take the Dawgs. No, nah, leave
1: it. No, nah, leave, that, leave alone. that alone. Get uh, away uh from it Just for Goodness. What <laughs> else we got going on in the SEC?
2: Yeah, we'll go around the league play real quick. Uh, 12 o'clock, Missouri on the SEC network traveling to Columbia, South Carolina. I believe Missouri's still looking for their first conference win, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, South Carolina, look, this is another team like uh, Georgia. What's their what's their conference record? Anyone? Bueller? Anyone? Four and two. Boom. 16 and three overall in four. They are number four in the league right now in standings Missouri O and 6 and league play 8 and 11 they're putrid
1: yeah they are and look that is a that's another big time team in the SEC that people do not want to play. Um, South Carolina four and two. They have one of the best, if not the best, defenses in all of the SEC. You keep looking through the the conference tomorrow, five o'clock SEC Network. Number five, Tennessee at Vanderbilt. They're winless in the SEC. That'll be that'll be a massacre. Just got tweeted at by our good good friend, good listener Jeff on uh, on X, and he said, "Game day, college game day. That is at Fayetteville tomorrow." good grief it's the sonic blockbuster espn game of the day whatever yeah the highlight tomorrow apparently is number six kentucky now i'll say this it's number six kentucky at arkansas this was probably preset before the season started can we not call an audible here can we not move this somewhere else and, and <laughs> realize somebody call that... omaha here and let's get this <laughs> one changed that's I what mean, i'm saying man
2: arkansas is terrible this season number six kentucky like Jacob's saying on ESPN, the Wildcats travel to Fayetteville inside Bud Walton Arena, taking on Arkansas, 5 p.m. Central. Um, I, a heavy night, a heavy night rotation for games not long after that at 7 o'clock LSU. We talked a little bit about this game earlier, traveling to Tuscaloosa inside Coleman Coliseum, that really nice place where they play college basketball up there at Alabama on ESPN as well. That'll follow the Wildcats and the Hogs. And then last but not least, to kick it all off, 7.30 Central, Ole Miss at Texas A&M. Other than really Auburn and Mississippi State, probably the best matchup in league. Well, I guess LSU-Alabama. LSU-Alabama's going to be fun. I I I think Ole Miss-A&M is good. Yeah, that'll be a really nice matchup. That's on the SEC network. The Tigers of Auburn missing out on the the late game finally again on a Saturday night. Thank goodness. I'll take a And M right there. Buzz Williams, a heck coach. Texas a And M fighting for their tournament life as well.
1: Three three four three two one thirteen ninety. Let's get to the phone lines once again. And Ed, you're on the line, man. Happy Friday.
3: Happy Friday, guys, and we're Eagle. And I I was going to tell you uh, one thing. I I got to know. I've met. Travon Reed several times, mm-hmm. and uh, 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 he's a great guy. He he's, he lives next door to my uh, my sister in law. I guess okay. is what you'd call her, but but uh, he I, I sure hate to see him leaving Auburn, but I'm I'm proud for him. He's a great guy, man. He's mm-hmm. just he's an excellent guy. But but uh, so I wanted to say that and let him know that. I know Auburn will always, you know, probably have an opening for him later. But but I was going to ask you, uh, as far as the, defense, the other part of the defensive coordinator, is it going to be D.J. Durkin? Or, 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 I, I mean, I know there's some controversy there. What do y'all think is going to happen there?
1: Yeah, you know, there's there's been a couple of names that have been Kind of just solidified, really, and it's really been the same two or three names that have floated around. And you know, we we kind of hinted at this a little bit in the first hour. We're all kind of just ready to get this
3: thing wrapped up, right, Ed? And, and hey, hey, me too, me too. I'm, I'm And I'm sorry if I'm rehashing. No, time. you're good. I, no, you're been fine. Busy. Yeah, I no, you're been fine. Able to listen all day. I no, you're talk. fine. No, no in, you're I'm you're totally
1: fine. fine. And yeah, and that's really what <laughs> yeah. we had said was, you know, it's. It's been DJ Durkin, it's been Kiffin, there's been some, some Zach Arnett name thrown around in there, too. And, and, you know, everybody's got a different thought, everybody's got a different prediction, and, and I think everybody has uh, some ups, everybody has some downs, but I don't think with the DJ Durkin thing, I just don't think there's, so, there's not going to be so much backlash there and so much concern uh-huh. with what's happened before that that would be the reason Auburn wouldn't hire him. And that's, that's, just, that's just my thoughts on it.
3: Yeah, hey, I'm I'm just going to say this one other thing because it's been uh, Nick Saban's uh, the one that uh, announced at one time how much uh, one of his quarterbacks was making. But uh, there's a rumor going around as far as I'm not talking about – Ryan Williams is going to be a rich man.
1: There's there's a uh, yeah there's a good there's a good chance of that. There's no doubt about it. There's a good chance of that.
3: I'm telling you he's going to yeah. he that fella's okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, no <laughs> doubt no about money. it. No doubt about it. All right it. guys. Wrigley. Thanks for the call Ed. 334-321-1390. Yeah, there's a there's a good chance right Williams' bank account number may increase by a couple of digits there.
2: Well, you know, I'm going to I agree with you and that's just how it is today in college football, but I do want people to understand that You know, I've said this before, and I'll continue to say it. I was at the tip-off club for Auburn basketball a few weeks ago. There was a question to Coach Pearl about NIL, transfer portal, all that stuff that we continually talk about here on the show. And everyone else, it seems like on the streets, that have anything to do with college sports is talking about. And he made a really good point to everybody. He's like, look, you know, I know it's kind of different. I know it's kind of uncomfortable sometimes hearing a lot of this. Don't always – always believe what you hear is what he said. But also you got to understand for a lot of these people, like Specter said earlier, they don't have dads in the home. They come from really rough places. If you saw the Perry Thompson documentary, I think you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that money, it just doesn't go to some 16 or 17 year old kid. It goes back to their families. It goes back to their communities. And, uh, it's really helping several several people who need the help out.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, so and just don't
2: think that it's like all of a sudden Ryan Williams is uh, Gordon Gecko of college football.
1: Right. No, I, I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that as well, Ed. We appreciate the call, man. As we uh, as we continue looking at some basketball games going on, right? And you know, we were getting to the Kentucky Arkansas game, and I know you had a few words that you said about that as I was answering the phones. I mean, look. This had potential to be a great game. This had potential to be a really, really good game, and it has been in the past. And you know what? It would not surprise me at all if Arkansas gets up and plays their best game of the year tomorrow against Kentucky. But it also wouldn't surprise me if Kentucky goes in there and just wipes the floor up and down for 40 minutes after getting beat by South Carolina. I don't know what to predict in that game. I'll take Kentucky because it's the easy pick, but I don't know. Right? I don't yeah. know. I mean, again, if I, if I pick Kentucky, Arkansas is going to win on a buzzer beater. That's how that's going to go.
2: <sighs> then pick Arkansas and play Kentucky. There you go. <laughs> Johnny Flip-Flop. <laughs> uh, conference play, Kentucky 4-2, and 14-4 overall. I still don't really know what to make of this Kentucky team because on paper they should be undefeated, number one in the country, in my opinion. It almost seems like to me, and I could be wrong, Jacob, that this team, Kentucky, knows that it's extremely talented and that just the regular season doesn't matter to them. Mm. They're, going to the, uh, they're going to the big dance every single year. Of course, Calipari not going to admit that he hopes that, you know, they're undefeated and win out every game, and that's not how he rolls. I mean, he's coaching them hard. But Kentucky's going to the tournament. What does it really matter right now in the regular season to them? You they think, go to the tournament every single year. I'm not saying they're coasting, but I think they're just going. They just—it's really natural for them to just kind of look ahead and say, "Let's just take care of business the rest of this season." You know, go 24 and five, 24 and six, be a three seed and go try and win national championship.
1: You think that's what's happening, huh?
2: I—I I mean, sometimes I feel like that they're just—it's an entitlement type attitude for programs like Kentucky and basketball. And that's the only way I can explain it right now because I don't think that they had any, any business losing that bad to South Carolina earlier in the week.
1: Hmm. Well, it very well could be happening.
2: I mean, it it very well could. It's the only explanation I have for it. I'm going to take the old uh, our caller Andy approach here. Kentucky got dogged out by South Carolina I'm going to bet that John Calipari is kind of that message I was saying, he was saying to them, but uh, in a little bit more aggressive tone this week at practice, always take the team after a bad loss the next game.
1: I like it. I like it. You kind of look around college basketball here quickly before we get to our final break. We'll give our final thoughts and predictions on Auburn and Mississippi State. I counted up eight instances tomorrow in college basketball. All right, eight of them. That also includes, uh, no, not tonight, excuse me, and then maybe one on Sunday. Yes, yeah, one on Sunday, so nine, ten, okay? Ten instances this weekend in college basketball with a ranked team in the top 25 of the AP poll going on the road in conference play against an unranked opponent. You know what that means, don't you? You know what happens in those games, especially this year in college basketball Watch out. Watch out. Upset City. You know who one of those teams is? You're Auburn Tigers. Number eight in the country on the road at Mississippi State. Lots of ranked teams going on the road in conference play against unranked opponents. They've been knocking down Giants left and right. And hopefully that does not happen tomorrow against Auburn for for Auburn against Mississippi State. We'll give our final picks, predictions, and thoughts on that. we got to get to NFL playoff game picks really quickly, too, on the way back That's right. on the final segment here on the Friday edition of On the Line.
0: You are on the line on ESPN 1067. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll-free at 888-382-7502.
1: Winding down here on the Friday edition of On the Line. He's Uncle T Bone. I'm Jacob Goins. Got a couple of minutes before we get to our final Auburn basketball picks. We've got to talk. We've we've teased it the whole show. We just haven't been able to get to it yet. We just keep getting caught up in other great conversations on the show. NFL playoffs. We got conference championships this weekend, Uncle T Bone. And while I'm still in depression uh, that my Packers are not playing. Um, In playing Detroit in the uh, conference championship games. There are some really, really good matchups this weekend. And these four teams are duking it out to get to the Super Bowl. And you have... In the AFC Championship game on Sunday, 2 o'clock Central Time on CBS, Kansas City on the road in Baltimore after Kansas City went on the road and overcame all of the uh, narratives that Patrick Mahomes couldn't win on the road. They take down Josh Allen and the Bills once again. They'll be taking on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens. And then at 5.30 on Fox on Sunday in the NFC Championship game, Detroit and San Francisco.
2: Ah man, you know I've been thinking about these games for quite some time. Ravens fourteen and four hosting the Chiefs. Line came out at three and a half. It stayed there. Over under has dropped from forty five to forty four and a half. I really like the Ravens here. I think John Harbaugh is a heck of a coach. I think the Ravens win this game, and the winner of this game is your Super Bowl champion. That's in the AFC Championship over in the NFC Championship on uh, Sunday five thirty. Lions at 49ers. 49ers, I mean, let's just face it. I, I'm not trying to rub salt in the wound here, but they should have gone down to the pack. Uh, this line popped at seven when it came out over under 51.5. That has moved up a little bit. This line has jumped to seven and a half at scores in Oz.com. I am rolling with the 14 and five Lions here. I have been rolling with the Lions for a few weeks now. Boo. And I think they go in and take care of business.
1: Hmm. Wow. You think? Wow. Okay. I can't that's do it. That's a good, it.
2: solid team, man. I can't hot. do it. Jameer Gibbs is playing out of his mind right
1: now. I can't pick the Lions, man. That's that's this. That's a disgrace to my Packers, man. Give me the Niners, even though I can't stand San Francisco. They've beaten Green Bay every time they get a chance. I'll take San Francisco and uh the Niners and Brock Purdy to get to the Super Bowl. And it's just so hard for me to do it. How can you pick against Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs? How can you do it?
2: You know the NFL is going to continue to try and push Taylor Swift on along with Travis Kelsey and all the great publicity that they've been getting out of that and all the excitement and all the new fans. Let me tell you what, Jacob. Travis Kelsey and them are going down this weekend to Baltimore and Taylor Swift dumps him on top of that because he didn't didn't get her that free trip to the Super Bowl
1: wow because she definitely can't afford that trip to Las Vegas right but I'm gonna take the Ravens I'm taking the Ravens because Baltimore and San Francisco to fit the script of the NFL the two colors of the Super Bowl logo for the third year in a row they're gonna be playing in Las Vegas quickly here Uncle T-Bone Auburn and Mississippi State tomorrow what does Auburn have to do to bounce back and get a win on the road
2: I want to see more pressure on defense early in the game. I want to see Auburn come out. They don't necessarily have to drop three after three. This team's not built like that where it lives and dies by the three-pointers. Force the ball inside. Play your physical uh, brand of interior basketball. Put some pressure. Get in transition. That's Bruce uh, Bruce Pearl's what? Bread and butter. Bread and butter, man. They got to get physical and athletic. And uh, lock down defense and and do what they do, man. Rotate waves of players in and just wear them out. I like the Tigers tomorrow in a little bit lower scoring game than normal. I'm going to take Auburn uh, 68, Mississippi State. 63
1: yeah I like Auburn to cover the initial line that we're kind of seeing two and a half points right now um, I think Auburn look Mississippi State's good they're not Alabama good and I don't think they have the ability to get Auburn flustered and uncomfortable as much as Alabama did um, I look forward to Janai Broom to continue to have a good day he had a great game against Alabama but Auburn's just got to shoot the ball better if they don't turn it over and play good defense Auburn's a much better team here the hump is not any place crazy it's good don't get me wrong i've been there it's a good atmosphere but i think auburn's fine they can overcome it i'll take auburn to cover the spread i'll take auburn to win by eight tomorrow that's going to be my prediction so we will see what happens tomorrow afternoon auburn on the road at mississippi state we'll be back on monday to talk all about it plus any other news that breaks over the weekend you never know what's going to happen
2: in the world of sports so uh, uncle t-bone have a great weekend man hey we're gonna have a dc by monday yes i think so too we will.
1: I think we will. We'll talk about it on Monday, regardless. He's Uncle Tebow, and I'm Jacob Goins. Until Monday, y'all have a great weekend. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.